Welcome to Meta Talks, where we bring in experts to dive deep into all things metaverse. With your hosts, Kate Hancock and Daniel Robbins. We are live today. Welcome, everyone. Another episode of Meta Talks. That's Talks with a Z. Excited here. We've never had five people on the show at one time, but when I started talking to Aaron, I knew that we had to get all three founders on this interview with Neo Ren. But before I do that, I just want to say welcome, Aaron, Ben, and David. Thank you, Thank you for having us. Yes, very excited. So, Aaron, um, can you tell us a little bit about the community? What was the story like to get where you guys are today? Yeah, so... The way NeoRen really started was with, I think, three co-founders who were a bit dissatisfied with the current social paradigm with your typical Friday or Saturday night, just going out to a bar, having a drink, not really connecting or growing in any meaningful way. Um, and we thought there basically has to be a new way and a way that we could kind of spearhead and curate that culture of more growth, spirituality, and something basically more in life. Um, that's why we started NeoRen. And what we've been doing so far is basically having curated events with the hand-picked crowd that are centered around health and wellness. So basically, instead of drinks, we change that for more of uh, healthy elixirs or healthy food. We have events around mindfulness and meditation, sound baths. Um, and that's a lot of what we're pushing at our events because we want to be spearheading that new movement. Neo-Ren is short for Neo-Renaissance. And what we want to lead is the Neo-Renaissance person, the sovereign individual, as we call it, who is more focused on growth, learning, and individuality. Um, and um, we just started our membership a few weeks ago. We're excited to announce we have already around 40 to 45 members so far, and it's growing on a daily basis. Um, and yeah, we're just excited to grow it from there and just keep creating these meaningful experiences. Wonderful. I love how you guys are tackled into the wellness space, sound bath. I mean, that's really cool. Can you tell us what are some of the challenges creating this community as everyone's trying to jump in into Web 3.0? Love to hear some of I can touch on that. I think the biggest challenge that we're facing as a, you know, quote unquote web three company is that everybody expects everything to be extremely heavy on like the NFT side. Um, and I think a big issue that you're seeing in the NFT space is that people are using NFT membership, which in my opinion, just is not a very viable business model. You can't really pay for something one time and expect unlimited value, which is why we're seeing a lot of you know, what people perceive as like rug pulls, but are more realistically just poor business models. And so for us, we have more of a traditional Web2 membership model, uh, but we're leveraging NFTs in a, a much different way. So instead of using NFTs as your membership, we're using NFTs to essentially tokenize engagement within the community. So that means attending events or facilitating value exchange among the members. And our members are all under one archetype of either an entrepreneur, an investor, or an artist. So really the core value of NeoRen is actually the value exchange that goes between the members themselves. So it's building this ecosystem of people that work together. And so we're using NFTs to tokenize that desired behavior, allowing people to collect them, complete sets, earn rewards. 
but I think the challenge is that people come and they expect, oh, can I pay with ETH or, oh, you know, where's, where can I buy this NFT? Because so many people are focused on speculating. And I think that kills a lot of projects. When you tokenize your product or you tokenize your offer, then you get saturated with speculators. And then your entire business model is at the whim of the market, whether the market's good or bad, that's what your business model is doing. So for us, we're trying to build a much more sustainable long-term model that's going to work regardless of how crypto markets are doing. And that's more focused on the actual offer itself rather than just speculating on the token. And I also, love it. Go ahead, David. I was just saying, um, I think the business challenge is just exactly like what Ben said, you know, the expectation of the consumers. But when it comes down to the actual curation of the community itself, we, we were pleasantly surprised is that people really get the idea as soon as we talk about what we're how how we are curating the audience differently you know no alcohol talk about entrepreneurs you know artists and, and, and investors they're all very self-driven individuals so when you talk to them about these ideas they hear that it's, there's a there's a really good cognitive resonance you know so we didn't have too much obstacle in terms of the telling people exactly this bigger idea behind our curation and people are really excited so this this unexpected surprise for us is telling us even more so that yeah our feeling toward the social life our feeling toward where the society is going in terms of you know social media big data it's not felt just by ourselves it's actually very much recognized in, in the wider range of audiences hmm, thank you david ben I, I love how you mentioned that um people assume web3 that's nft and uh, can we talk about that because there's a bigger world out there I think for me personally, NFTs is 0.00% of the whole metaverse. So can you share everyone, how do you explain it to people? Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought up metaverse because in a lot of ways we're very uh, anti-metaverse. You know, the metaverse I think is very beneficial in a lot of ways. And I think it provides some cool toys and opportunities and products. You know, in fact, I just saw this company MetaSuite the other day. They're basically like workspace in the metaverse, which I think is a great application. But what we're seeing is just like in the movie, The Matrix, people are more and more just getting plugged in. You know, now they have screens right over their eyes. They're so disconnected from reality and real human connection. And so we're looking to combat that and actually build a real world ecosystem where people engage with one another, facilitating value exchange, whether it's friendships, relationships, business partnerships, whatever. Um, and so, yeah, we're using blockchain technology and NFTs as a tool within that. But we're not out here selling NFTs or selling tokens as our core product. I think that's a really big differentiator why we call ourselves Web 2.5. I love that. So do you feel like you have some resistance to hardcore Web 3.0? Um, no, because I think a lot of people that are in Web 3, you know, it's like at the end of the day, they're not Web 3 people. They're just people that like Web 3. So it's OK if there's some things that aren't entirely 100 percent Web 3. And if anything, it's a nice breath of fresh air, a change of pace for them, especially the people that are so deep in Web 3. They're on their computers all the time. They're looking at charts. They're looking at images and JPEGs and all these things. And that's cool. It's a great hobby or a great interest or, or passion or whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, those same people still need real human connection. They still need to come together and experience things in real life. And they can't just be sitting behind their computers all day. And they know that. Yeah. Dan, do you have some questions for that? Yeah, I just wanted to read this real quick because I, I like this. Uh, I know in your website, it's your mission is to create unique events and experiences while bringing benefits from brands and communities. And your objective is simple to help people connect and lead sovereign lives. So 
tell us then what kind of brands and people, communities from around the world, is it only related to the internet or are there other things as well, brands that you're trying to connect with people that are maybe unrelated? So we think of ourselves as, yeah, we're using internet technology, we're using blockchain technology, but really what we're creating here is a curated social life and a curated culture. So we're building this new social paradigm of the neo-Renaissance. So the events, the interpersonal connection, the brands we partner with, brands can range from anything from fashion to education, um, to experiences, to vacations, to whatever. You know, it's like we're not here to curate a Web3. We're here to curate your lifestyle and your culture, something that is going to be high level, specifically designed for entrepreneurs, investors and artists. That is yeah. so awesome. And what is the big, hairy, audacious goal for for the community? Well, the community, the biggest goal is we want to scale this to be mass market. I mean, I think that what we're seeing and I've been reading a lot of history and seeing these cyclical patterns in societies, we're seeing a point in time when people are starting to transition away from uh, basically adhering to the masses and the status quo and starting to think for themselves, wake up and funnel themselves ultimately into this era of tribalism where people want to aggregate and congregate into more private social circles. Um, before we were seeing very, very public, very broad social opportunities. And I've been watching these patterns. There's basically like four sections that humankind repeats repeatedly goes through. And we're entering this point now where people are starting to think for themselves and speak out and stand up against the status quo. And so we're seeing this more segmentation into private social circles. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a matter of people thinking for themselves and deciding where they want to be spending their time. So for us, we are really here to create an entire new social paradigm. And that is kind of our, our biggest goal. Awesome. Dan, do you have a question? Yeah, no, I think it's um, I think you bring up a great point that many people this last year did not think about. It was let's get a bunch of people to purchase something and then we're going to create the X in the metaverse. You know, it was a lot of like, let's basically raise a million, two million dollars through the sale of this NFT, then we're gonna build, you know, the mall in the metaverse, but they didn't think about the, like you mentioned, it might actually take them $20 million to do this project, not one or 2 million. And where's the rest of the money gonna come from? They didn't think of it necessarily always from a business standpoint. And so I like how you brought up that this is, you're, look, you're thinking more long-term, like this is a business. So tell us then what's your strategy for the in-person events? I know you have, uh, one building in Beverly Hills, and you're looking at other buildings as, as well. Can you tell us more about um, you know where the events are held and, and that strategy? Yeah, so I'll take this. Uh, right now, like you said, our first location was in Beverly Hills. We're looking to eventually become really a global company. We want to be just like what Show House is doing around the world. We want to be the conscious community version of that, where we have members who are in New York or Miami or London or Paris or Hong Kong and really be able to connect our members across borderlines. Um, our next location hopefully is going to be in Topanga. And we think that it resonates really well with our mission. It used to be a summer camp for 100 years for kids, it's 14 acres there of just greenery and trees. And we think it lays kind of the perfect ground for having basically a medium of connection and creating meaningful events for our members. Um, and then really that's just the second step in just kind of moving further than that. We were just in NFT NYC last week and we saw the need 
for something like a Neo Ren there, where basically it's just event after event after event after event of just drinking, blasting electronic music, not being able to hear anyone. We thought this could be something perfect for what we can bring there. We actually had a, like a small brunch for some of our members there, and they said that it was the highlight of their week, just being able to kind of sit down, breathe, connect, and basically learn about what other people are doing in the space. So like I said, this is just kind of the, with some of the first couple steps and kind of a very long mission ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious, did you guys raise money who funded the uh, company? I'm very uh, curious. So actually the company is basically self sustainable right now. We're kind of bootstrapping it and just funding it as we go, which kind of shows how sustainable the business model is already for a company that's only been operating for the last five or six months. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious what the membership looks like. Are you guys entrepreneurs? Who's, who's, who's the audience? Is it open to everyone? What's the whole concept? So the, so on our website, you could basically see a whitelist application. Neo Ren is basically for a select group. We know that and we kind of make it very clear to everyone. Our three kind of target audiences, like Ben just mentioned, are entrepreneurs, investors, and artists. So already, if you're one of those, you can already think that you would fit in well with us. And then on our website, if you go through our application, it'll ask you a few questions just to see if you're the right fit for what we're looking for um, related to what basically what you do, how you show up in the world, and what you're looking for in a social experience. And the main thing that we're looking for in our members is what I was referencing earlier is that peer-to-peer -peer value exchange. You know, we want to be building a community where every single partnership we do, whether it's event production or content or fashion line production or whatever it is, we're partnering with one of our members and we're always facilitating partnerships and value exchange within the members, uh, you know, individually. So we want to make sure the first thing we look for is how are you going to be able to come help somebody else? And that's one of the questions on the application. And if you have a strong answer for how you're going to be able to make somebody else's life better, then you're probably going to be a good fit. You know, we want to make sure that we're working with top level people that are going to bring value, not only to us, but also to the other members in the group. Because we want to get it to a point where the biggest value of all is being part of the community, right? The events are awesome. The brand benefits are awesome, but the biggest value should be the relationships that you form. And so we're very particular about evaluating anybody that we let in. Yeah, well, I love that. I'm actually part of this nonprofit organization, EO, the Entrepreneurs Organization. And I think they're one of the biggest 16,000 members globally that runs minimum of a seven-figure business. So the, the idea of peer-to-peer -peer is really good because um, it's community-based and you learn different diverse input and experience here. And uh, I'm a big fan. I've been a member for seven years. So I really love what you guys are doing. So question is, what do you expect is the the... The membership fee is it pricey medium tell us so right now we set our membership fee relatively low and that's because you know for complete transparency we don't have everything built out yet right we don't have the full product we're still doing all the events consistently and we have the community and everything there but before we have 100 percent what we're offering we've been giving people a pretty significant discount so right now membership is 2500 a year but over time that's going to increase and i expect it to level out somewhere closer to ten thousand a year Wonderful, Dan. Yeah, I know that's that's really good. I mean, that's um, at a, I think we're a part of a bunch of different organizations, and 
you know, that's actually Dan almost got kicked out in Soho House at one point. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. You can tell by my voice. I'm a pretty wild individual, by the way. <laughs> um, it wasn't is my that fault. Pretty strict? Is that pretty strict? No phone, kind of similar, or is that very open? Tell us. It's pretty open. It's pretty open. I, I want to make sure that, you know, our exclusivity and select uh, status, is, it's really based in merits and based on the sovereign individual idea. This is why we focus on investors, entrepreneurs, and artists, because these people have always been very self-driven, finding out opportunities, and then usually have a really positive community-based impact. So we really want to you know, extend that to the bigger idea, which is if you, like Ben said, if you, can, you are doing something on your own, you are critical thinking on your own, and at the same time you use your resources to help each other, then that's, that's the most ideal, you know? Now, I think one important thing to add about the membership is, although that is our criteria and those are the types of people we're bringing in, once they're in, we don't treat them like an entrepreneur or an investor or an artist, we just treat them like people. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day is helping people connect with people. But when we make sure that from the beginning, we're evaluating them based on this criteria, then we can come together, we can have a great time and just focus on the vibes that we're curating for them. Uh, and we don't need to worry about what do you do, but we know that at the end of the day, everybody in that room is a sovereign individual, somebody who really thinks for themselves and has creative ideas. Awesome, awesome. So how was the last sound, I mean, sound bath event? Was that really cool? Well, Aaron, you wanna go? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was great only because like, the last event we threw is a art co-exhibition with another company called Alpha. So we basically had uh, digital art, physical art, sculptures everywhere. There was music, it was great. And I just loved how it was such a change of pace. So basically everyone's talking, socializing, meeting each other, a buzz of basically 300 voices being heard throughout the space. And then all of a sudden, it just completely becomes peace, tranquil. Everyone comes and sits down and just takes a deep breath. And it was just something basically so incredible to see. No music, no voices, just kind of like a, just a subtle sound of the sound bath. And I think it was just a great reset. Um, it's actually either the second or third time we've done it just because we've seen such an immense impact that it's had in kind of resetting the vibe. Um, so yeah, I think it was fantastic. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. It's 2,500. What do you get from that? Is that you can go there and hang out every day, or what are what do we have to expect? So the idea is that we're essentially giving you your social schedule. So we have regular events, multiple events per month, everything ranging from private investor dinners, where we can help our members connect with other investors to help with their endeavors. Uh, we will do things like uh, more private, really highly curated, unique experiences. So we might have somebody come do like an immersive sound experience. Um, everything we do is focused on creating a lot of sensory impact. So there's visual, there's auditory, there's uh, there's smells, there's everything mixed in so that you have a very immersive experience. And then we have large scale events and these larger scale events may be something like an art exhibit. Members are able to bring guests. That's really our core growth strategy is the guests coming to the event and then signing up themselves. Um, and then sometimes we'll even do even larger events where we actually partner with another group. So we're now able to facilitate this mingling among our members and this other group that way, helping them expand their social circles. So from the event standpoint, you know, that's what they're getting 
from the networking standpoint, we're also facilitating connections between members. So we're understanding, we're listening, you know, oh, you're working on this and you're raising capital and oh, you're looking to deploy capital, we match make those people. So that's kind of the value number two. And then value number three is the brand benefits that we get. So we go out and we partner with other brands, whether it's fashion or some kind of nootropic drink or supplements or you know, really whatever it might be, or a yoga studio. And we get our members benefits sort of like what Amex does. So it's a kind of a mix of like Soho House for your social life, except the events are much more unique and highly curated, and then Amex for your brand benefits. And then those benefits are managed through our our unique way of applying NFT technology, right? So NFT, like we discussed earlier, it's a it's a means to the end. It's our way of it's, it's a portal to our services, and it's really facilitating all the value exchanges among the members as well as between your and our members. So it's not really NFT as a, as a RPs or as a product here. It's really just our system. So this is where we we are really entering the Web 2.0 because the events is really focused on the existing you know in person uh, engagement. That's very Web 2.0, but we didn't want to jump so far away from what's actually working and especially in terms of ethos, what's working for our future. So this is how we implement uh, Web 3.0 features in a very meaningful way. Yeah, just going off of what David said, really how we view ourselves is a Web 2.5 company. We're kind of just that perfect mix between Web 2, what we had before and those real world events and using all of that because we really ultimately want to be accessible to everyone. I think when a lot of people hear words like metaverse and things like that, they could be someone who's successful in their field and driven, but it's just not a concept that they understand. And we don't want to alienate those people. So we want to open it that way. And then also using some of the best kind of concepts and technology from Web3, like what Ben was saying with kind of incorporating a private blockchain and giving our members kind of real access to real world products and services um, through their participation in the ORN. So by basically incorporating the best of both the Web2 and Web3, we think that that's going to be kind of the next era of where we head as a society. Exactly. And really, we as a, a you know newcomer to the space, we want to sort of show everybody that in this larger community, in this Web3 global community, leadership is still everything. And we are a new player, but we want to lead the way to tell people, you know, there's many ways of approaching Web3. The Web3 is not so much defined based on what people come before us, right? It's we're constantly redefining it as a global community. So Web3 does not have to be, you know, purely decentralized on everything, purely permissionless, you know, purely no more centralized control or anything. It's just sort of depends on how you want to form it, how you want to forge it going forward. And I think everyone in this space has a voice. And this is how we're taking our leadership to the, to the space. I'm curious, what's your um, strategy when it comes to diversity and inclusion, making sure that you guys are embracing everyone? Right. So, you know, that's interesting because we, when we come in as a group, we have drastically different backgrounds, right? Aaron, Ben, and I, we're very different. Um, I'm first generation immigrant and Aaron's second or third. Yeah, <laughs> so, second. Yeah. And then ben, ben is not an immigrant. So that's already setting such a different uh, kind of uh, culture exchange among team members. Uh, what we've seen is, is that when you live your truth, you don't need to add an additional layer to make it so, meaning our team, our community have been extremely diverse. 
if you come to our events, more than half a woman, and it's just from all different backgrounds. This is not something that we would take our mark, right? Even though we're approving our membership, but we didn't make it so. We didn't say, oh, you know, what's the percentage of this? Oh, did we have enough representation of either LGBTQ or women or you know, minority? It just is so, you know, that sort of like really, when you know, that's when you know struck magic because authenticity is self-reflecting our truth. And I think that if we just keep doing that, the community will be, you know, it's very sort of balanced out in, in, a, in an inclusion way. Jen? Yeah, no, I think I think we we both agree and we're very aligned with impact. I think that's what I'm hearing too is, um, in, in the end of the day, you want your company to be the most impactful. And I think people use a lot of most and then terms, but um, the most impactful. And I think that's uh, that means a lot to a lot of people. And I can tell that, um, that you're in it for the right reasons. Yeah. And which I think, you know, with transparency of how the internet's gonna be, not everything is, I think not everyone is doing it for the right reasons. So I love that you're combining different technologies how do you feel, though, around other companies uh, as they progress with the Internet? Because it seems like almost every brand wants to do something to put their name next to Web3 or Metaverse or NFT. But it doesn't mean that they necessarily need it. Or I was just talking to uh, two large alcohol companies. One did something in the Metaverse and it flopped. And the other one, they're looking at it, but they basically were watching how this company did. And now they're confused. I don't want to say the two names, but um, but I, I think it brought up a really good point that every company wants to move into something. But they, you know, some want to rush and do it well. Some want to rush and it flops. Others are just sitting by the sidelines. So what do you what do you suggest or advice do you give to companies that are, you know, should they transition? Should they wait? Um, what should they do? I think companies of Web2 are super focused on their bottom line. And I think companies of Web3, not all, a lot are cash grabs, but I think a lot are more focused on impact. And for us, you know, I think we're seeing this company as a vehicle for benefiting people. And we know that if we focus on that and we just lead with value, that we'll make as much money as we feel like making anyway. So that's not really the priority. The biggest thing is like, this is a tool or a vehicle to impact the world in the way that we want. You know, this is not a profit maximizing machine that we're trying to build. And I think that's a fundamental mindset difference between companies of Web2 versus Web3. And not to say Web3 necessarily is indicative of blockchain-based companies, but I more just mean kind of the, the culture around companies of today versus companies of yesterday. And I think when you have those totally different North Stars, then everything that goes into the decision-making process changes. So a company who's a fashion brand and they just want to get into the metaverse as a, a way to make more money, of course, their project's going to flop. You know, for us, the biggest priority is helping people lead sovereign lives and focus on elevating their awareness, elevating their consciousness so that they can be happy. I've been looking into society for a long time and I used to be a fitness coach and I was doing a lot of things on social media. And I realized that, first of all, social media is just frying people's brains and making them depressed. And, you know, the unhealthy food out there, all the prescription drugs, all these issues in society are not ideal for the way that human minds made to live. Now, I read the stat by Yuval Harari. He wrote this book, Sapiens said 125,000 generations of the human species, but only about 10 since the industrial revolution. So what that means is that our brains are adapted to a much different social environment, not what we're living in now. And so our biggest goal here is to create a social environment that's actually optimal for the human mind to live in 
And when we do that, we're able to make people's lives better, able to make people happier. And that's really the biggest goal at the end of the day. And yeah, we actually, two years ago, we listened to Sapiens in a road trip. So um, I have to say, I heard some interesting stats and uh, it said 60% of people surveyed that would be considered Generation Z felt that they're under extreme anxiety. And 40% of people surveyed that would be considered millennial generation uh, feel that they are under extreme anxiety. And I thought that was interesting because I think Generation Z is like 18 and under. And I think like, what are people 18 and under so stressed about? And, you know, what's causing so much anxiety? And you brought up, you know, social media and, and norms and biases and how the world is. So hopefully, you know, many companies can come out to, you know, to help that. For sure. I think there's just too many different kind of paradigm shifts, right? People's value, uh, value is changing. Definition of family is changing. You know, how to have children, everything's changing. And I think the Generation Z is watching this unfolding in, the, in front of them and millennials living through that. So I think people like Ben keep saying that the paradigm shift is very much real. And I think a lot of companies, like you said earlier, trying to capture this movement within their business model and I think just going back to that point is for other Web2 and Web3 companies if they want to adapt into Web3 characteristics, just really re-examine their, you know, their business model to see how they can apply Web3 versus trying to say, we need to get into Web3. Um, I think that's just the wrong way of looking at it. And if your business is just transactional, you know, low, low margin, quantity business, maybe look at NFT as, again, facilitator, right? If you are a you know a media a content company, maybe using NFT as a product, maybe that makes sense. So it's just really sort of people really the companies really look need to look into what the value proposition providing and then do the transition in a meaningful way versus everybody coming in. Let's do more PFPs. You know, like it just doesn't make sense for most of the company. It doesn't it doesn't provide any value. Wow. Well, we're so honored having you guys here. What is the site? Where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find our website at neoren, that's N-E-O-R-E-N dot I-O. That's our website. That's also the same as our Instagram. Um, and you can find us on Twitter, just neorenio without the dot. Um, and we look forward to really hearing uh, what your audience thinks. We'd love to connect with uh, more of more of them and yeah and your next event is july 28th is that correct yeah our next event to save the date is planned for the end of july uh likely be on the 28th amazing can't wait to go and uh, yeah i'll meet up in person excited and if, if anybody here listening is interested in you know getting more involved with us then on the website you can just top right there's a apply here button so you can check that out do the application and we'll chat with you Awesome. So check it out. Neo Ren, N-E-O-R-E-N dot I-O. And then hopefully if they get in, we can see everyone on the 28th. Yeah. And thank you all. Thank you, Aaron, Ben, David, as always, Kate. This is the first time we had five people on one stream. <laughs> we like uh, being the first. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Kate, for having us. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe and visit metatalks.com. That's talks with a Z.